A reading from Habakkuk, first chapter to second chapter, verse 4. The prophet's complaint. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not serve, save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. Look at the nations and see. Be astonished, be astounded. For a work is being done in your days that you would not believe if you were told. For I am rousing the Chaldeans, that fierce and impetuous nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. Dread and fearsome are they, their justice and dignity, their justice and dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more menacing than wolves at dusk, their horses charge. Their horsemen come from far away. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, with faces pressing forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and of rulers they make sport. They laugh at every fortress and heap up earth to take it. Then they sweep by like the wind. They transgress and become guilty. Their own might, their own might is their God. Are you not from of old, O Lord my God, my Holy One? You shall not die. O Lord, you have marked them for judgment, and you, O rock, have established them for punishment. Your eyes are too pure to behold evil. You cannot look on wrongdoing. Why do you look on the treacherous and are silent when the wicked swallow those more righteous than they? You have made people like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. The enemy brings all of them up with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his saying, so he rejoices and exults. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his saying. For by them, his portion is lavish and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and destroying nations without mercy? God, God's reply to the prophet's complaint. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. 
It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. No? Ah, there we go. Wonderful. Hope we're having an easier time in the back. (laughs) As I was saying, about a month ago, I was finishing up organic chemistry review for the MCAT, the medical college admissions test, when Pastor Adam messaged a group chat with me and the other young adults asking if anyone wanted to deliver a message one Sunday. And of course, me, lacking the ability to say no to anything, (laughs) sent an enthusiastic yes in response. But honestly, given everything else going on in my life, I was uncertain of my ability to do something like this. I even pondered taking it back, but since no one else heeded the call, I thought at one point, hmm, maybe he'd just cancel it instead. (laughs) But of course, God had other plans. Let's hope Pastor Adam made the right decision by giving me the floor for the next 10 minutes. So two weeks ago, Pastor Adam asked me to answer one question. How has the last year shaped my faith? And honestly, I believe the better question is, how has my faith shaped the last year? We really do live in unprecedented times. So unprecedented that one of the most liked tweets of 2020 said, man, I miss precedented times. However, given the part of my life that I confidently remember the last 12 years or so, I don't think I really know what precedented times looks like. There are a lot of people out there who would say that the past 16 months seem to have come out of nowhere. But quite frankly, that makes me laugh a little bit. You must be really lucky to have faced the past 16 months as if it came from nowhere. Whether it was the pandemic or the omnipresent social, economic, and political upheaval, the past year to me felt like a culmination of so many forces that I saw bubbling underneath the surface throughout my entire life. So much so that when the pandemic hit last March, it didn't come to me as a surprise. It seemed as if we were due for a calamity any moment. And if anything, here it was. Many older people oftentimes don't understand how the interconnected world of social media, the news updates, and the internet has shaped my generation. We wake up every morning and eat trauma for breakfast. Humanity's fall from grace is proudly displayed on a six and a half inch retina display. And what we don't see is even more telling. The little that's being done to fix it or make it better. And bearing witness to all this can make anyone angry. And for me, this anger pushed me to wrestle with God many times over the past year. Which brings me to Habakkuk, a minor prophet who presided over what is probably one of the kingdom of Judah's lowest points. Judah was on the edge of disaster. The northern kingdom of Israel has been destroyed. There is deep division in every Judean community. And another powerful foreign army, Babylon, is on the rampage. Habakkuk's prophecy is really not talked about that often. It's a unique writing in the scripture because it actually contains an extended dialogue between Habakkuk and God himself. Which, if you're familiar with the scripture, is extremely uncommon. Habakkuk begins by directly appealing to God. And let me tell you, Habakkuk is angry. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear, or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? 
Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous and justice goes forth perverted. (laughs) Almost sounds familiar, doesn't it? I recall reading this verse for the first time and thinking, wow, this is relatable. Habakkuk cried out because of what he perceived as God's inaction in the world. He wanted to see God do something more because all Habakkuk sees in front of him is a lack of justice for evildoers. And for me, the past 16 months made me feel like Habakkuk felt in Judah. Now, I'm no prophet, yet many times I personally called out to God asking when it all will end. I remember the two months before the pandemic were highlighted by vast and almost foreboding wildfires in places as diverse as California, Australia, and the Amazon that created vast ecological devastation. The world was literally on fire and God felt absent. And how could such a loving God allow such fear and destruction to mar his creation? God would eventually respond to Habakkuk promising a mighty Chaldean army to swiftly deliver justice to the Judean people. But this army would be a dreaded and fearsome occupying force, arriving to commit violence and, as written, seize dwellings that are not their own. Now, this doesn't exactly sound reassuring, and like Habakkuk, I had my doubts. I began wrestling with God's silence in the face of all the difficulty that surrounded me. As the reality of the pandemic set in, I started to be hopeful that this difficult time would be treated as a test of our ability to come together and for the first time in decades actually be required to look out for each other. To do what was written in the first letter to Peter and act as free men, not to use your freedom as a covering for evil, but to use it in service to God. But as we began to heckle and argue over how to approach this pandemic from a fundamental level, it became disheartening with many of those seeking to take an approach that willingly ignored their moral obligations to others. It wouldn't take long for this debate, with some echoing a narrative rooted in deception, to become too exhausting to fight anymore. This pandemic was a test, and we all failed. Habakkuk, still rooking around and worrying, amidst his own wrestling with God over his unfathomable ways, still questioned him, Why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? And this question would be asked quite often of myself over the next 16 months. I, like all of us here, would bear witness to grave human rights abuses committed by other countries as well as our own, gross injustices left unanswered by the powers that be, people actively manipulated by persistent misinformation, circular disputes with no resolution in sight, Stark corruption forming weak leaders who are unwilling to tackle the mounting problems of today and encroaching authoritarianism couched in an ear-tickling mix of cultural and spiritual narratives. All while supposedly Christian communities turn a blind eye and look inward, often ignoring or actively contributing to the iniquity that surrounds them. Like how Habakkuk said to God about how he makes mankind like the fish of the sea, crawling things that have no ruler, I felt that there was little I could do in the face of all of this. I felt as directionless as the world around me, and it became too much. Between all this and the onset of endless, exhausting Zoom calls, there was a point where I almost gave up on praying to him. It all seemed pointless. 
Not only was online school a terrible environment for consistent learning, constant distractions from a summer of wide-scale protests for justice and a tumultuous autumn election, and tumultuous is an understatement, created a real-world drama where not a day went by without hearing something from someone else about how toxic our political culture is. The affairs of our world began to encroach on my personal life. Oftentimes, conversations turn into arguments. Relationships between my friends and some of my family changed, and not often for the better. And the new year, 2021, offered no respite from the tumult. Within two weeks, we all saw the U.S. Capitol invaded on live television. As a prophet Habakkuk stood in Jerusalem and pondered the state of Judah, I found myself sitting there pondering the state of our own country. Like him, I was still dumbfounded. So much evil thrived completely in the open in ways implicit and explicit, but God remained strangely silent. Where was he? Like Habakkuk said, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to what he will say to me. The first week of classes this past spring semester set a series of unfortunate events in motion that sent me home to Hershey, away from my college community in Baltimore. My relative isolation gave me the opportunity to reflect. I deleted Twitter, took time off of social media, and thought about what I could do instead. I started to show up to young adults meetings more consistently. I began speaking to a counselor and I realized that I was so busy waiting on God that I didn't even recognize that he was actually waiting on me. Since I was stuck in Hershey, there were some old relationships that needed mending. I sought to rectify past wrongs and sometimes it wasn't easy and oftentimes it wasn't possible. I made a few mistakes along the way and part of me wished some things turned out differently. But it needed to be what it was. Why bemoan the injustice around me when I can't even clean up the misdeeds I had committed myself? Habakkuk is a frustrated prophet, yet he finishes his dialogue with God, not by an exasperated sigh, but by, trans- by channeling his frustration into prayers and praise to God, rather than trying to run from the Lord. Now, while I'm still figuring things out, as we all are, I take inspiration from Habakkuk's prayer of faith in the face of such destruction. It still stands today as a remarkable witness of true faith and undying hope. It also delivers upon a core theme of the scripture, liberation, and continues to encourage me to look ahead and believe that hope is on the horizon and that the calls of those who are suffering will be answered in time. We haven't haven't reached a resolution to the strife in our world. I believe that there is still a bumpy road ahead and the climax is still around the corner. However, while things seem to have gotten crazier yet, the prophecy of Habakkuk offers us a vivid picture of a prideful people being humbled while the righteous live by faith in God. It reminds us that while God may seem silent and uninvolved in our world, he always has a plan to deal with evil and always works out justice, eventually. The example the prophet Habakkuk sets encourages us believers to wait on the Lord even in the most tumultuous times with the expectation that he will indeed work out all things for our good. Let us pray. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, I will rejoice in the Lord. 
I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.